These are the Get Over Yourself Podcast Sponsors. MoFo, male optimization formula with organs to boost testosterone naturally. Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece, a mind-blowing nut butter blend. Carol Fit, stationary bike, awesome eight-minute workout. Organifi, whole food organic superfood supplements and drink blends. Perfect Keto, the cleanest, highest potency ketone supplements. Viore Clothing, fashionable, functionable, incredibly comfortable performance apparel. And please visit the bradkerns.com shop page for my personal selection of favorite products for health, fitness, and peak performance. And here we go with the show. Eating more and moving more. Not to be confused with the misguided weight loss advice of eating less and moving more, because we know that doesn't work. Eating less and moving more will result in metabolic slowdowns and uh, increase in appetite to try to get back into uh, energy balance. A hit workout is depleting and exhausting because you're trying to hit the same interval over and over uh, with minimal rest in between these efforts, where hurt high-intensity repeat training is performing these explosive high-intensity efforts, whether it's a kettlebell swing for 10 seconds or a sprint for 10 seconds, and then taking what Dr. Marker calls luxurious rest intervals in between. All of us, at all levels of performance, we have this wonderful intuitive ability to determine the right workout to do on a particular day or month or year. We just ignore that voice so frequently due to peer pressure and all kinds of misinformation from the internet. It's time to flow with the breather show and some Q&A today. First one comes from Mac. Magruda. Hey there, Brad and your team. I started taking MoFo three weeks ago. I also intermittent fast from 8 p.m. to noon each day, so I don't take MoFo until I break fast at midday. I have definitely seen a tremendous increase in my daily energy and focus. However, my sleep quality and time has seen a turn for the worse. Knowing how important sleep is to recovery and overall health, I want to get your input on MoFo and how I'm taking it. Is that the only variable that changed? Should I take less than six per day? Should I take on an empty stomach first thing in the morning? Will that impact my intermittent fasting? Mac Magruder's 48 F athletic, eats a clean diet, and wondering what is up with that sleep thing. So if you look on the Ancestral Supplements website, there's some commentary about a somewhat infrequent detox reaction reported by customers where they uh, feel some adverse effects when they start taking the freeze-dried animal organ supplements, not just MoFo, but uh, many other products. And it's believed to be an indication that one's detoxification pathways are coming back online. And so perhaps you are dumping some waste products, toxins into the bloodstream, making you feel crappy in the short term, possibly disrupting your sleep in the example related by Mac. So uh, read about that stuff. And their general recommendation is to uh, dial back on your consumption to allow your body to adjust gradually to getting this wonderful nutrition uh, replenishing the cells with the exact nutrients they need to thrive when you're talking about targeting uh, for the organ that you're consuming, uh, whether it's kidney, heart, brain. Uh, and MOFO, of course, is the compilation of uh, testicles, prostate, heart, liver, and bone marrow. So as you uh, consume this super potent uh, nu- nutritional supplement, dietary supplement, 
yeah, you might want to uh, experiment with taking fewer capsules and then working back up to the recommended six per day. You can take uh, these products on an empty stomach because after all, they are food. They're freeze-dried animal organs. Uh, unlike many uh, synthetic vitamins, many uh, vitamin or uh, plant extracts that you see in the health food store, where if you take them on an empty stomach, like a multivitamin, whoo, it could get dizzy, could get nauseous because they need food to uh, to digest properly and assimilate comfortably. So that's my first suggestion is you could dial back on your consumption. And then secondly, I always say this uh, when people are uh, throwing out symptoms. I used to work the phones for a nutritional supplement company. We sold energy drinks, proteins, uh, Champion Nutrition, Cytosport, and people would call in with a strange and curious ailment every time they drank our energy drink. Uh, This happened or that happened. And it's possible that uh, it's unrelated. So I would, you know, question this definite conclusion that MOFO is the only variable that you've changed and now you're not sleeping well. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, maybe it just happens and uh, three weeks down the line or a month down the line, uh, your sleep will be normalized. And it's possible that a component of your detox reaction is this uh, lessened sleep quality because maybe you're. Uh, hormonal systems being stimulated, it's keeping you awake. So you report being a healthy, active, metabolically healthy guy. So I would say that you can uh, take some efforts to optimize sleep, winding down, minimizing artificial light and digital stimulation after dark, working outside of this direct parameter with the question you're asking about the supplement. And uh, check out more people at bradkerns.com slash mofo. This is male optimization formula with organs. The response has been tremendous. We're getting great feedback from people, uh, reporting increased energy, increased focus, uh, better libido, all the broad spectrum of benefits that you would expect from taking the this extremely potent and nutrient-dense supplement with the proteins, peptides, enzymes, cofactors, and molecular biodirectors that are helping to naturally boost your internal testosterone production as opposed to the uh, drug approach where you're taking an exogenous uh, form of testosterone and basically shutting down your internal production. Also effective, but of course, an t- entirely different path, entirely different fork on the road than trying to optimize everything you can possibly do with your diet, with your supplementation, especially this unique new product and all the other things on the list of assignments, I call them, with the MoFo mission. So we're trying to have this comprehensive lifestyle approach to testosterone optimization. You can go to bradkerns.com, click on MoFo, you'll see the full rundown and you can download a free ebook called Becoming a Modern Day Mofo with great details about how to get into all of these lifestyle factors that we're concerned about these days, including uh, minimizing your exposure to environmental estrogens, cleaning up your diet, dealing with uh, relationships and uh, places where unhealthy relationship dynamics can trash your testosterone, even if you're eating super cleanly and exercising properly. So it's an all-encompassing approach. And I hope you can go take a look at that at the link as we proceed to Daniel's question. And this is a long one, and he brought up a really interesting point that we engage back and forth with on email. So uh, speaking for Mark, who he mentions a lot through this message, uh, we both uh, pride ourselves on being open-minded, willingness to 
change our positions, refine, modify our positions. Uh, you've heard Sisson talk a lot and write a lot recently about the carnivore dietary pattern, the carnivore-ish diet, and how he's kind of uh, drifted over in that direction instead of being the supreme salad king of the planet with his daily salad and his uh, plant-heavy uh, dietary patterns. He's uh, trying to emphasize his uh, his animal food intake, uh, highest quality animal foods, animal superfoods, and um, just be open-minded about what this carnivore message is presenting. So anyway, here's something that Daniel's calling into uh, question about something that we've uh, said for a long time. And he says, in Keto for Life, uh, I know you talk about um, this uh, metabolic efficiency being, uh, as Mark would say, what's the least amount of food and calories I can get away with and still feel satisfied and function optimally. And when you when you build this caloric efficiency, it's believed to be strongly associated with longevity. Uh, they don't have a lot of studies in humans, uh, but with mice, it's caloric restriction is the single most powerful uh, longevity attribute ever discovered in the lab, any uh, lifestyle attribute. So um, it's a big deal that you can uh, optimize so that you don't need massive amounts of calories to feel healthy, active, and energetic. So this is kind of one of the premises of the big uh, ketogenic diet craze that you can um, feel satisfied with this carb restriction, uh, with these delicious meals that are uh, high in fat, moderate protein, and extremely low carb, not stimulate insulin accordingly, and uh, feel completely satisfied while uh, dropping excess body fat because you're uh, minimizing carb intake and minimizing insulin production. So here's Daniel saying, hmm, you know, I'm thinking that a faster metabolism is better uh, in contrast to what we're saying with this uh, caloric efficiency. And here's the point. We don't get a fast metabolism from eating. We get it from burning calories, from not sitting. If standing up burns 100 calories an hour and some people can't lose weight eating 1,500 calories a day, the answer isn't always diet. Sitting is the chronic disease that not enough people are talking about. I know you guys touch on it a lot yourselves, but if he's opening up this picture to not just looking at uh, dietary caloric efficiency, but also the other side of the equation of being more active and moving more. So here's uh, more details about his message. You've entertained the notion that we maybe want a slow metabolism to live a long time. Reptiles are notorious for their long lives, might be attributed to their eating habits. They only feast uh, like once a week. You know, the snake will go eat the uh, eat the rat <laughs> or whatever. So they have these big feasts Then they have a very slow and drawn out metabolism where they can uh, conserve energy. And then you have the... Um, the, the long living turtles getting up near 200 years and other examples of longevity in the reptile world. I'm pleased to present B-Rad grass-fed whey protein isolate superfuel, the absolute highest quality all-natural protein supplement infused with creatine that delivers everything you need to optimize your appetite for fat loss, recover quickly from workouts, and build and maintain lean muscle mass, the single most important attribute for aging gracefully. Our protein comes directly from small family farms in America's dairy land of Wisconsin. It's cold processed and micro filtered for maximum bioavailability and digestibility. So please 
Don't mess with the many cheap commodity protein supplements that are ineffective, inferior, less pure, and often contain junk sweeteners, especially the plant-based offerings that are vastly less bioavailable than the gold standard of protein supplements that's whey protein isolate. Whether you're in your peak athletic years looking to grow and recover or in the older age groups trying to delay aging and decline, whey and creatine are widely agreed to be the most critical and effective supplements to take for the rest of your life. You can easily stir the super fuel in water or make a delicious smoothie every day. I'm certain that you're going to love the pleasant, light, natural vanilla bean and cocoa bean flavors. So try some on Amazon today. It's a huge hit with dozens of five-star reviews. Or you can order direct from bradnutrition.com with our buy three, get one free, and make the super fuel a centerpiece of your daily routine. I love this less food, slower metabolism notion for a while, but recently I had a pivot in thinking. And I'm a young guy. I'm only 20 years old. I want to be able to eat more and move more. Life should almost be a game of who can burn the most calories without encountering inflammation. That is like the overtraining patterns. Good point. Uh, I'm not suggesting chronic cardio. We've both been there and done that. I used to be a, a crazy runner in the high school, running 80 miles a week, running a few marathons. Uh, that was fueled by a lot of pasta and sleep deprivation in high school. So what I'm embracing is this concept of eating more, more nutritious foods, I'll, I'll uh, editorialize, eating more and moving more, not to be confused with the misguided weight loss advice of eating less and moving more, because we know that doesn't work. Eating less and moving more will result in metabolic slowdowns and uh, increase in appetite to try to get back into uh, energy balance. So if we're moving around at a slow pace, just like our ancestors, sitting's the chronic disease no one's talking about. I guess it's not as sexy as talking about diet, but uh, sitting down is contagious. It should be reserved for small portions of morning and night. Uh, it's contagious because we do what we're doing with uh, people around us, right? Uh, Dan continues for a little longer and makes the uh, general takeaway point that if we can set this objective to move more in daily life, that's going to be strongly correlated with health, longevity, uh, uh, weight control, and also uh, enable us to eat more rather than uh, having this open and shut case of the less you eat, the longer you're going to live. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, for a nice letter from just a young man of age 20 thinking about these big concepts. Love it, man. I don't know what I was thinking about at age 20, but it was probably like variations on my hot fudge Sunday recipe or what have you. Okay, Chuck Sims says, Hey, Brad, I've been following your carnivore journey. I also follow Saladino and read his book. I tried it for a month, the carnivore, and felt better. But I'm also an endurance athlete, and when I would go out to ride or run, my energy levels were shot. I'm familiar with math and heart rate training, uh, and I feel like I need something on those long days. Do you have any input or thoughts on that? I know you're a former triathlete yourself. All right, thanks for the letter. Yeah, this is um, a little more nuanced than saying, Hey, don't eat plants eat a bunch of meat. And oh, by the way, yeah, go ahead and uh, put in your big miles on the bike and running and swimming. Um, so the, the individuality of this uh, approach to especially a restrictive diet is going to be the key factor. And so you're going to have to test things out uh, that make you feel better and help you perform better on these uh, long endurance workouts. Uh, my main man, Eddie the Ashcan Man, uh, keto and carnivore enthusiast and also an endurance athlete, triathlete, uh, he reports the same thing, that he's had certain workouts 
where he feels like total crap, no gas in the tank. And I wouldn't say that's a healthy or necessary step along the path. So what's been popular, uh, especially among extreme athletes, endurance athletes, even uh, CrossFit people and just high calorie burning athletes is to target that carbohydrate consumption uh, at the times when you are going to need it. And maybe that's before workouts and certainly after workouts, right? So I think we can uh, most likely uh, get away with doing a, a two-hour bike ride or an hour run uh, without any calories or onboard calories. But if you can make a uh, experiment to uh, replenish carbohydrates after these workouts, uh, that might help you recover the next day and three days later and five days later. Uh, I love Ben Greenfield's take on this where he talks about getting the best of both worlds, where he banks a lot of hours in a fasted state, uh, making his ketones, being that uh, clean, lean machine, doing his workouts and um, getting the autophagy benefits and all that from minimal caloric intake or, or carbohydrate restriction. And then in the evenings, he makes a point of enjoying his life and his family time. So he and his kids and his wife will concoct up uh, recipes and um, treats and high carbohydrate uh, uh, preparations. And he'll consume those knowing that uh, after an overnight fast and then a few hours into a, a busy following day, including uh, some you know ambitious workouts, he'll be back in that vaunted state of ketosis and uh, anti-inflammatory uh, autophagy, all that great stuff. And so you, you can... Um, see how he's ensuring that he recovers from his workouts, individual workouts, and his workout patterns uh, while still adhering to all the ideals of uh, that low-carbohydrate uh, uh, approach, okay? And of course, the, the, the carnivore rationale being that you're emphasizing and getting most of your calories from the most nutritious foods. So that's one uh, kind of uh, rationale for carnivore is that if you are consuming liver and lots of pasture-raised eggs and oily cold water fish um, and, and getting totally satisfied and getting your caloric needs met, uh, you kind of crowd out uh, the crackers, cookies, cakes, and uh, things like that that might otherwise fill up that uh, caloric volume each day. Okay, Brad says, hey, long time listener, first time caller. Thanks for putting out great content. Thank you for listening, Brad. Uh, I'm totally on board with the hurt versus hit. It makes complete sense. And if you're not familiar with that, I have a breather show talking about uh, this is a concept advanced by Dr. Craig Marker. HERT stands for High Intensity Repeat Training, and HIT is the familiar High Intensity Interval Training. And the comparison here is that uh, almost by definition, a HIT workout is depleting and exhausting because you're trying to hit the same interval over and over uh, with minimal rest in between these efforts, where HERT, High Intensity Repeat Training, is performing these explosive high intensity efforts, whether it's a kettlebell swing for 10 seconds or a sprint for 10 seconds, and then taking what Dr. Marker calls luxurious rest intervals in between so that you can repeat, that's the R in the acronym, repeat the same high quality performance without that cumulative fatigue that occurs during a HIIT workout. So Brad wonders, can the same logic apply to a traditional uh, HIIT workout such as a Tabata interval session? Uh, so uh, rather than 
uh, eight times 20 seconds on and 10 seconds recovery. That's the Tabata template. Could you do 20 seconds followed by two minutes off and then stop when the quality deteriorates? Of course you can. And of, you're, of course, you're not going to call it a Tabata workout anymore. You're going to call it a hurt workout, right? Uh, but specifically relating to the very popular uh, Tabata protocol of a, a two-to-one work effort to rest period, uh, remember or you know, acknowledge that the research uh, describing how wonderful this training methodology is and how quickly it can help you improve uh, came from the original research came with uh, Japanese uh, short track speed skaters uh, where they did these Tabata interval workouts and experienced uh, performance breakthroughs. Uh, but it was a four minute workout. It was 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off for four minutes. That's it. Just like Brad writes, eight times 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off, that's eight blocks of 30 seconds and the workout's over. So the way that Tabata has been bastardized and abused today, if you go into the... uh uh, the gym and you'll see on the, on the message board, you know, 9am, uh, Tabata workout and they go, uh, and honor this, uh, protocol for workouts lasting for an hour, you know? So first you're going to do your Tabata kettlebells, then you're going to do your Tabata dance steps, and then you're going to go over here and do, uh, uh, the box jumps. So to honor the high-intensity repeat training concept, you are going to perform these explosive efforts, whether they're sprints or kettlebell swings, for between 10 and 20 seconds is your work effort, the duration. That's the sweet spot to get a lot of fitness benefits without uh, extending too long and trying to uh, sustain maximum output for longer than 20 seconds. You will easily engage in cellular destruction and delayed recovery time. That's what Dr. Marker's article is all about, describing that uh, process of disassembling and deamination of the cellular proteins uh, from trying to fuel the fire to go for 30-second sprints or one-minute sprints or whatever your crazy workout's telling you to do. So you do work efforts between 10 and 20 seconds with luxurious rest intervals in between. And that could be a six to one ratio. So if you're sprinting for 10 seconds, you rest for 60 seconds, and then you do another sprint for 10 seconds, rest for 60 seconds, plenty of rest. And I'm going to say the optimal number of reps would be somewhere between four and 10. Uh, if you feel like, gee, only 10, I felt like I can do 15 or 20. Well, I'm going to suggest uh, working harder, going faster during your uh, your effort. So you shouldn't feel like doing more than 10. And certainly even a novice can do four sprints of 10 seconds if you're thinking about someone getting on a stationary bike and just opening up the throttle for a little bit and then backing it off and taking plenty of rest. Okay, second, I want to tell you about wildhealth.com. They're an online provider of comprehensive precision medicine and health consultation services. They offer DNA analysis, custom lab panels, extensive medical intake form with family history and lifestyle preferences, and regular online visits with a board-certified precision medicine physician and a health coach whom you can message anytime through their convenient app. 
Wild Health evaluates your data to determine what you need for nutrition, exercise, sleep, and supplements, and you can experiment, consult, and retest to get everything dialed in. You'll get a cutting-edge epigenetic test of DNA methylation to calculate your all-important biological age and have fun lowering your age over time instead of following the mainstream path to accelerated aging. It's time to strive for awesome instead of just normal. Did you realize that only 6.8% of Americans are deemed metabolically healthy and only 2% are declared optimal? That's disgraceful, but you can turn things around quickly. Please visit wildhealth.com and you will see that this is the absolute gold standard of personalized medicine and it's available to you right now. Telemedicine available anywhere in the USA. Wild Health is generously extending BRAD podcast listeners 20% off the cost of membership. Just visit wildhealth.com slash Brad or use the code BRAD20 at checkout to get 20% off and start taking control of your health today at wildhealth.com slash Brad. Second question. Uh, Mark Sisson still recommends combining micro-workouts with longer, more structured strength training sessions as part of a complete toolkit. Given that, how would you recommend distributing these with other workouts in a given week? I can see myself drifting into too much of a good thing pattern. Uh, so, sure, your micro-workouts are for a, s- a strong fitness enthusiast, which you sound like you are, Brad, and whoever's listening that's really into fitness, uh, the micro-workouts would be a nice complement to your uh, longer duration, more formal sessions. But I will personally comment that in this age group that I'm in now, 55, baby, I am doing less frequent, full-on, full-duration uh, high-intensity workouts at the gym or uh, sprinting or whatever. I never really did sprint more frequently than once a week, and I think that's plenty for almost anybody. Uh, getting to the gym, Primal Blueprint has always talked about doing two strength training sessions a week lasting 30 minutes or less, and that is also plenty. And if you're finding that you might uh, benefit from doing less than that, that's also okay, because the micro-workouts, when uh, if you take the cumulative effect of doing something cool every day, even if it's for a minute here, a minute there, uh, four minutes here, four minutes there, uh, these will put you at a really high fitness level without that risk of breakdown or getting into the pattern of too much of a good thing as you describe. Uh, But if you do have fitness goals, you know, it certainly makes sense to get out there and do something uh, full duration, uh, major effort, we'll call it a breakthrough workout or a key workout uh, once a week, I'd say is um, something that's reasonable and realistic. And then, you know, be careful uh, doing more than that and throw in micro-workouts instead. Okay, good day from Down Under from Tom Verdich. And this is a uh, an interesting account and life story uh, woven into insights about uh, uh, the biology of belief. And I think you're going to listen to it. So Tom's from Canberra, Canberra, Australia. And he read my uh, Meet Brad um, passage on the website where I talk about my uh, personal life story, athletic background, and um, my time in the accounting world, and then pursuing a career as a professional triathlete and all that stuff. And he says, you know, my journey with yours is uncanny. He was an economics graduate. He did his uh, accountancy degree, and then he went into uh, the business scene and um, 
uh, made it for two years and then went to pursue a triathlon career. Uh, unlike yours, mine didn't go anywhere, uh, Tom says. And that's okay, man, because we're all on uh, our path. And I was just talking to Sisson about this the other day where um, he's glad for everything that happened to him that seemed like a failure at the time, virtually everything. He says, you know, um, not going to medical school, best thing I ever did in my life. But of course, at the time, he felt like, you know, maybe he was falling off the path. He decided to go uh, paint houses and run marathons instead of go to medical school. And then, uh, you know, the failure of one business venture led to uh, the next business venture that was successful and so on down the line. Uh, his injuries and his breakdown that occurred from uh, his marathoning and triathloning uh, led him to uh, leave the uh, extreme endurance sports and go pursue a career in personal training and health and fitness and nutrition. So yeah, uh, I just wanted to throw that in there uh, when Tom telling his story of uh, trying for a triathlon dream and having to turn the corner. Years ago, after massively overtraining, I came down with what the Aussies call glandular fever. We call it mono here in the States. This led to all kinds of post-viral symptoms lasting three years. I couldn't exercise. My legs felt like lead. As you can imagine, I went to all kinds of alternative physicians. Nothing worked. Rest, diet, supplementation. Then my father-in-law read a newspaper article about another young athlete with chronic fatigue who made a miracle recovery after attending a three-day workshop. I was willing to try anything. Uh, the workshop was related to the science of neuroplasticity and the power of beliefs controlling our physical health. Uh, he mentions Bruce Lipton's biology of belief because I've done a show about that. He hasn't read the book, but he imagines this is all interconnected, which it is. Um, so I started to, uh, this is Tom talking, uh, change his beliefs. Uh, I, I realized that I believed exercise would make me more tired. If I overdid it, I'd pay for it later. I formed a belief that exercise was dangerous. My brain turned on signals of fatigue so it would keep me safe. In order to get better from this chronic fatigue pattern that he was suffering from, I needed to use the power of neuroplasticity to rewire my brain. I know this is a long story, but when I got the book Primal Endurance, it changed my approach to exercise. I loved that I wish it had been published 10 years earlier. And now I'm back running and exercising and, uh, you know, trying to uh, drop some excess weight and do everything in a healthy manner. And so I guess his takeaway message was that he was so afraid of, you know, repeat bouts of chronic fatigue that he started to associate, um, you know, had made some negative formulations in his brain about exercise and that uh, manifested into fatigue. Get it? So by opening up to the idea that exercise could be uh, nourishing, energizing, was not going to destroy him, he was able to um, make a breakthrough. Now, his second point, I was listening to your podcast with Zach Bitter, great show, and I want to highlight one of your quotes, which should be on the refrigerator door of every single endurance athlete the world over. Quote, this from Brad Kearns, this quote, all of us at all levels of performance, we have this wonderful intuitive ability to determine the right workout to do on a particular day or month or year. We just ignore that voice so frequently due to peer pressure and all kinds of misinformation from the internet, end quote. All right. Yeah, true. We have to uh, put our intuition uh, front and center when we're making training decisions. And anytime we depart from intuition, oh boy, in favor of, let's say, following a regimented schedule or caving into peer pressure or ego demands, boy, is that a recipe setting you up for a struggle and suffer and failure. 
number three, I love your Get Over Yourself podcast, the intentions behind it. I'm also doing my best to get over myself. And lately I've been uh, forcing myself not to look at Strava. That's the app that uh, posts the results of all your workouts because I realize this is just uh, feeding into it. Uh, and, you know, looking for people to comment on my efforts. I mean, who am I running for, me or them? <laughs> okay, I was just wondering if you have any tips that you incorporate in daily life uh, that you might want to share that help you get over yourself. Oh my goodness, one way is to realize that I'm in this privileged position to connect with so many uh, wonderful experts who I get to interview for the show and interface directly uh, and have the potential for uh, massive impact and massive life change. I mean, after all, these are the world's foremost experts. I'm thinking of a quote from the number one best-selling author, Mark Manson, uh, author of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, the runaway sensation that sold over 10 million copies worldwide, and also his more recent book, Everything is Fucked, a book about hope. And he says, uh, self-worth is an illusion. And it's a source of ongoing pain and suffering to the extent that it becomes a uh, form of persistent low-level narcissism to be caught up in your self-worth and your self-concept and your image and your reputation. And he says, instead, the path to happiness is through self-discipline to make choices that make you happy. And he wants you to, quote, maintain an identity that is defined by as little as possible and instead, see your life as simply a series of decisions and actions. And then you apply the self-discipline to make good decisions, take good actions. And boy, that's just life-changing advice. I love that. I get to reflect on that kind of stuff. And definitely uh, appropriate there when you ask me, what are my secrets to getting over myself? And also about the comments where he associated exercise and training uh, with fatigue. I can totally relate to that because if you've been overtrained repeatedly, uh, like I uh, did to myself over the years of my triathlon career, I started to uh, harbor fears and anxieties and insecurities that uh, I would overdo it again because I knew that kind of pain and suffering and that anguish that you get from being too tired to, uh, you know, want to get up and have a normal day or adhere to your training schedule. So, you know, those fears start to um, uh, layer up and, you know, form scar tissue over the years where, you know, I would be hesitant to uh, push my body once in a while, hearkening back to the uh, the pain and suffering that I did, that I experienced during my triathlon career. So yeah, it's good to just um, continue to uh, open up that mind, form new beliefs. Uh, as I talked about during the Bruce Lipton show, uh, everything requires a little bit of healthy and sensible balance here because um, if you listen to Bruce Lipton long enough and get that fired up, you know, he might uh, he might misinterpret his message to to say that if you believe sleep isn't important, all you need to do is formulate that belief and you'll send that message to every cell in your body so that you can sleep for two hours and then set that alarm and pop up. Uh, let's say, what would you do if you only had to sleep two hours? Would it be like 2 a.m. to 4 a.m.? I don't know. What, what do you think, people? Yeah, I get two hours of sleep every night because I believe that's all I need. Of course, uh, we can't can't you know fool uh, the the laws of uh, mother nature and physics and uh, biology uh, just with the power of the mind, but we can certainly apply uh, more mind power to all the anxieties and fears that come up in daily life. All right, that was some pretty fun and 
great variety of questions, comments, and storytelling. Thank you for listening, everyone. Send your own feedback and comments. Get over yourself podcast at gmail.com. And I would love for you to take a little bit of time to write a review up to Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you use. Maybe you're listening on YouTube. Make a few comments. Maybe send a text message to a friend. Say, hey, listen to this episode. It might really be interesting to you. That kind of thing. Connect, network, and uh, go check out my uh, YouTube channel, Brad Kearns. We're making a lot of effort to put up some really cool videos, especially uh, the recent one here in the fall of 2020 called Day in the Life. And I know it's an hour long and that might be a little intimidating, but I take you through start to finish all the cool stuff that I do in a typical day and explain it. My morning flexibility, mobility, core and leg strengthening routine, my cold plunging, my jogging two point workout where I've modified the typical jog to include all sorts of drills and other challenges, a whole bunch of micro workouts to choose from to break up your busy day, and of course all the mealtime preparations, stand-up desk, uh, desk workplace variation, all kinds of great stuff. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for listening to the show. We would love your feedback at getoveryourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And we would also love if you could leave a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a hassle. You have to go to desktop iTunes, click on the tab that says ratings and reviews, and then click to rate the show anywhere from five to five stars. And it really helps spread the word so more people can find the show and get over themselves, because they need to. Thanks for doing it.